The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the available lines ahead of the college basketball tournament on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello and welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride Rapid Reaction Show. Normally I'm joined by Rocky Magania, but he was actually lucky enough to be at Arrowhead Stadium for Sunday Night Football. So very thankful to have my guy Ron Kopp stepping in this week, uh, helping me hold it down on the Chiefs postgame show. We've got a lot to talk about and we got to open, you know, this thing being positive. The Chiefs are winners of five in a row, Ron. They're on a win streak. They're eight and four sitting atop the division right now, but it's still kind of not exactly what you want to see. It's still kind of not exactly like a confident eight and four, I guess. Like the defense has been remarkable. Like the turnaround has just flat out been remarkable for this team. Spags deserves all kinds of credit for where they were at early in the season to where they are at right now. So you have to absolutely feel good about this because we've got a large enough sample size now that this thing I think is for real. I I talked about it earlier this week. I feel like they're playing a little bit above their head. Like I don't think that they're like a truly elite defense, which is how they've been playing, but they're not the worst defense in football either. And that was what I kind of kept saying early on in the season. So first thoughts, initial takeaways, Kept the win streak alive, got the big AFC West win, still sitting atop the division, but there's still a a few things that you'd like to see them improve upon as we move forward throughout the season. Yeah, you know, we're talking about it before show starts, sort of, but it really does feel like with the defense playing better, because they are, it's legitimate, like you're, you're mentioning. I mean, this is five straight games. You know, probably a rough average, about 10 to 11 points per game in that five game stretch, you know, all, all wins in that, in that case, but just the fact that I think this defensive performance is starting to, you know, make Andy maybe, uh, you know, play like or, or call a game kind of like it's the Alex Smith there all over again. You know, um, it, it's 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 Alex Smith kind of play calls. It's it's settling for field goals when you should be going for it on fourth down. You know, it, it's just it's just non-aggressive play calling at times, you know, runs on, on, on you know, on second and longs, all that kind of thing. And and the defense has been able to carry him. It's been great. You know, that's that's the great part about it is. The defense has absolutely done it. I mean, holding Denver to three points until what, you know, 10, nine minutes left in the fourth quarter. I mean, unbelievable still that, that how good they're playing. But man, the offense, it, it, it's kind of I feel like it's kind of leaking into Andy's mind like he's got to play like this. And and I'm telling myself, hey, he's playing like it right now. It's regular season. They can kind of, you know, win ugly right now. It doesn't really matter how they win. But in the playoffs, I'm, I'm hoping he doesn't 
you know, he doesn't resort to trusting his defense too much because there's going to be offenses that, that that'll be able to put up more than, you know, the 22 points the Chiefs were able to put up tonight. And seven of those are from our guy, Daniel Sorensen. So, you know, the offense still does need to pick it up. Yeah. And, you know, there's been weird things and outliers that you can point to with this defensive run, you know, like everything that the Raiders went through prior to that game, the Cowboys, CeeDee Lamb getting hurt, Amari Cooper getting COVID right before that game, the Packers not having Aaron Rodgers, but the defense has still been playing lights out. And so I'm not taking anything away from that defensive performance, but we talked about it earlier this week on show and BK, like the chiefs are eight and four. They're sitting atop the division and you have no real confidence. I, I don't think in anybody in the AFC right now, unless you're like a true believer in the Patriots and that defense is also very, very good for new England. But as far as the AFC goes, everybody, it feels like has kind of just been sitting around waiting for this thing to kind of fall apart and play right into the chief's hands. And it is doing that, but I still question whether or not you can get to where you want to go later on in the season and in the playoffs. If the defense is the best thing, like if this offense is truly, this is what it is. Like nobody's scared of this offense right now. And we're all sitting around saying, well, it's Mahomes, it's Tyreek Hill, it's Travis Kelsey, it's Andy Reid. So they'll get it figured out sooner or later, but they keep not getting it figured out. And coming off of a bye week, this is when we assumed they were going to have it figured out. And outside of Andy Reid's opening script, it just didn't feel like they had a lot in this game. They're just simply a better team than the Denver Broncos. And that's why they still won. Yeah, you mentioned coming off a of bye week. I mean, this is just kind of almost a pathetic performance. You're talking about, you know, Andy Reid's history coming off by with his preparation. You know, the opening script was great. But after that, like you mentioned, it, it was it was bad. I mean, I have a stat for you here, sir, which is mind blowing to me. But this game finishes Mahomes worst single game career passer rating his entire career. Fifty seven point three. I don't think he played that bad, but I think that just shows you because obviously the drops that turn into interceptions are factored into that. But I just think that shows you how ineffective and how ugly this offense was tonight that you know even in a game where Mahomes wasn't necessarily bad he wasn't just you know giving up for grabs or just not making you know throws consistently he still has his worst career passer rating 6.3 yards per attempt doesn't get over 200 yards tonight doesn't throw a touchdown um yeah it, it's it's kind of just it, you'd think this is the time where that offense would come alive one of the things I was kind of excited about in the stretch coming off the bye week is that they're playing three AFC West opponents back to back to back I kind of just thought that would get them in the swing of things. It's a familiar opponent. They've been seeing this Fangio defense for a couple of years now. And it's still just after that opening script, like we said, it just nothing was really happening at all. So, yeah, it is it is discouraging a little bit. Um, but, you know, this Denver defense is good. You got to give them credit. This Denver defense, their secondary is really good. And, you know, the Chiefs were able to, to do enough. That opening script is important. But it does seem like Andy's resorting to that Andy Alex Smith era where Hey, let's get an opening script touchdown. Let's get up maybe 10 nothing, 13 nothing early, then just coast, you know, maybe not pl play calls aggressively, trust our defense, trust our special teams, which has been working lately, but that's not how you win Super Bowls. You got to trust your offense. So I hope he gets back to that eventually. And the offense allows him to get back to that. You know, and I was <clears throat> big on the point last season that I felt like the Kansas City Chiefs kind of slept, walked through the entire regular season. And I don't think that that's what they're doing now because they've had to overcome so much to get to this point. And so having to do that and now being at eight and four is really impressive. So I'm not trying to diminish anything that they've accomplished there, 
But you're right. Like we never, we will never have a better example of Andy playing it too close to the vest than right before halftime when they got the ball back with over a minute left, multiple timeouts. And Andy said, Nope, we're going into half. We're going to, we're going to take this seven point lead or 10 point lead or whatever it was at the time. We're going to go into the halftime and we're just going to sit on that. And what was even more discouraging about that is that they couldn't even run the clock out properly. <laughs> like they, oh they, they didn't get a first down and they had to give the ball back to the Denver Broncos. And so the Broncos got the ball back right before the half when they were just trying to run the clock out and, and go into the break with a lead. And that is straight up Andy Reed era, Alex Smith, like clock management, conservative. We're going to be efficient with the ball. We're going to score on the opening on the opening drive, like you mentioned. And then after that, we're just not going to hurt ourselves and we're not going to put ourselves in bad situations. And I kind of understand them reverting to that because of the turnovers and all of the inexplicable ones, especially. But I do feel like we can point to the major, major issue in this offense, not being that they have a total lack of talent. It's just that they play a lot of undisciplined football. They drop the football like crazy and it leads to turnovers and it's every single week and it's Travis Kelsey, it's Tyreek Hill. And that's where it starts when those guys are doing it. Then it, I feel like becomes contagious to the other guys because those other guys look up to those two and say, they say they set the tone. We do everything through what they are able to accomplish on the football field because they're better than everybody else. And so if you can't fix it with them, I don't think there's any fixing it at this point in the season. Like we're in week 13. We can't keep talking about this offense. Like, okay, you got to go back to practice. You got to figure out, you got to hit the jugs, do whatever right. you got to do to not drop the football. I we're deep, deep into the season. We're starting to heavily talk about playoffs now. And it's still on a weekly basis, drop after drop. And then there was another drop that wound up being an interception tonight. It's just who they are this year. And it feels like you just got, got to kind of live with it. I don't think, I don't think the conservative offensive play calling is something that's going to last the rest of the year or something like inevitably they're going to have a game that's similar to the Raiders and that's who they've got coming up next week. But the drops and stuff like that's just who they are this year. I, I think we're late enough into the season that you just have to accept that. Yeah, you're talking about elite players. You're talking about all-pro tight end, all-pro receiver, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, two of the best at their position, literally giving the ball away for you. I mean, it's one thing when it's McCole Hardman dropping it, by the way. You know, he was pretty non-existent. You know, I, I'd love to see the snap counts because it didn't seem like he was in the game. And that's the kind of stuff that, you know, his drops in the past have kind of put him in this doghouse. Well, you can't put Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey in the doghouse. Uh, you need them in your offense to score points, and it's just they, they they are giving the ball away. This is the I I counted four. There might have been another one. I'm thinking. I know Tyreek has had three himself where the this season where the ball has fell off his hands and turned into an interception, and then Travis has had one obviously against Dallas. And there might have been another one I'm missing, but that just it, when your best players are are making that big of negatively impactful plays, and then the other part of that too is. You know, Mahomes has not been perfect this year. We all know that he's not been perfect in the stretch of winning. Well, your receivers need to help you out. It just seems like as soon as Mahomes is kind of on point and, and, and feeling himself, that's when those drops happen. And then there's other times where Mahomes is missing passes. And it's like, yeah, it kind of it, it makes him look bad. But 
altogether, if those if those original, you know, if, if those uh, those passes that were intercepted get caught, then all of a sudden, yeah, those those bad passes he actually had don't get doubled on with with these interceptions. So all that to say, yeah, the offense is just out of sync. I've I've been saying it the entire win streak. I thought it was kind of coming back in the Raiders. I thought the Cowboys game they they did play efficient football. Um, but this game it was just it was kind of like that Giants and Packers game again, man. It's 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 out of sync. It's you know, as soon as like I said, as soon as Mahomes makes a good throw, it's dropped. But as soon as you know a receiver is open, maybe Mahomes misses and that kind of thing. Um, and and the run game wasn't very efficient either. I mean, you're talking about I, I got the stats here. You're talking about 74 rushing yards from Clyde and Daryl combined on 19 carries. Uh, 12 yards was the longest carry. I was hoping for a little more from the rushing game too. I will say that I was hoping that they'd be able to control the ball. You know, uh, just kind of pound pound the run game, and they weren't really able to honestly. You know, there's a few big runs, but I was expecting a little more out of Clyde and Daryl, to be honest with you. And and it's it's just it, you like Patrick to to kind of you know be able to to have that on his shoulders a little more still. You know, being able to not have the run game like that, but it would have helped for sure to have Clyde and Daryl kind of being able to run more than you know and be more efficient than they were tonight for sure. Yeah, and I, I do think that one thing we've seen recently that is a positive from this like more conservative, we're going to try to just take what the defense gives us approach is that they're finally using the running backs in the passing game a little bit. And we saw Clyde get involved early that way tonight. And then we saw Daryl come up with a couple of huge catches that went for decent gains. And that's something that's been absent from this offense for a few years now, but it's because they haven't had to do it. Like, they could just move the football down the field. It, it will. And so they didn't have to kind of manufacture those things. And this offense does have to do that. And so the fact that they're finally starting to do that, maybe we'll actually see Clyde in the passing game more. I, I still think and believe that he can be effective that way for this offense. And we know Daryl is, is a strong pass catcher and that's why they like using him. And that's why even since Clyde came back, it's still basically like a 50, 50 time split between both of them. And they're both getting involved in the offense. And some of that has to do with the fact that they're just not getting the football down the field and their pass catchers just don't seem that reliable right now. But at some point we kind of have to just accept that this is who the offense is, because like I mentioned, we're late into the year and I still think, and I still believe that a lot of people assume this, that Mahomes can turn it on at any point and that Mahomes can flip the switch and this Chiefs offense will all of a sudden look like, okay, they can go put up 40 whenever they want again. I don't know if we're ever going to be confident in that. Like, you're still going to go into it on a weekly basis, and they got the Raiders coming up again, like I already mentioned. They dropped 41 on them a couple of weeks ago, and you're going to assume that there's a chance they could do that again because of who they are and, and what the history would tell us about this team. But I don't feel confident they can truly do that against good teams in the postseason right now. Like, I, I, I got to see more of it. I got to see it consistently. Like, you, you can't just drop 41 on the Raiders and then and then play like this against the Broncos because the Broncos are a better defensive team, but they're not that much better than some of the other competition that you've been struggling against. So I, I just – they got to be consistent, man. They, they have to. They have to put it together <laughs> at some point. We're just – a lot later in the season than I would like to be to, to still be talking about inconsistencies and in play on a weekly basis, man. It just feels like Andy just like really does not want to like, uh, accept that he, he doesn't, he shouldn't maybe trust the passing offense or the, or Mahomes maybe to drop back as much 
as as he still wants to. He knows Mahomes is is the best quarterback in the NFL. He knows what he has. He knows what this offense can do. He's seen it obviously. But I still feel like there's this there's this little key in the back in, in his back pocket right now that he could pull out at some point. And I feel like they they still can where they just spam the run game, where they just spam these downhill runs where you're down blocking. You got either Trey Smith or Joe Tooney pulling up a hole. You got Blake Bell or Noah Gray or Michael Burton filling a, filling a hole and, and allowing Daryl and Clyde to, to eat up run run yards. I do feel like that's still in their back pocket where they could, they could pull that out. And, and in the playoffs, maybe when these defenses are just really selling out to have those two high soft zone defenses where the run game is kind of the, the way to go there. I just I feel like they're still not committing fully to it, and and right now, hey, it, it, it you know it they haven't really necessarily had to. They've won five straight games, but I do feel like with this passing offense just still not being out of sync. You still have drops. You still have you know obviously the turnovers. I think they still have that where if they really want to, they could really just spam it. They could really just you know pound the rock, go kind of just you know do it out of different formations, kind of mix it up, a lot of pre snap motion but just end up pounding the rock with Daryl and Clyde getting downhill, eating up those, those soft zones and, and really forcing defenses to really commit to stopping the run. This offensive line is ready to do that. That's, I guess that's my main point is that, you know, it's not just, it's not the running backs at all, really. I mean, Clyde and Daryl have been, been nice, but this offensive line is at its best when it is downhill blowing dudes off the ball. You see it in spurts, man. You really do. It just, they don't commit to it completely. Like, like I feel like they could, and I feel like they that could just happen any game now where Andy just says, you know what, like that Buffalo Bills game last year, as as I feel like we all recall, you know, what, they get 200 rushing yards as a team or something. That was Clyde's best game. I feel like they still have that somewhere with this offensive line. They could really dominate a game like that. They just haven't really fully committed to doing that. But it could happen at any game, I feel like. And I want to take a longer look at the defense and the way they played tonight because obviously they're – still playing great and they've been on a run and we kind of saw them start to take this turn where, you know, they got blown out by the Buffalo bills, but they held them scoreless in the second half. And then Washington, they kind of struggled in the first half of that game, but then came out in the second in the second half and looked locked down and put up a bunch of points. And now, you know, against the New York giants, they allowed 17 points against the green Bay Packers. They allowed seven points against the, the Raiders, 14 points, then nine points to Dallas and nine points to Denver. Like that's an impressive run. And I understand there was some circumstances there in some of those matchups that, you know, make those teams not as competitive as they should have been in that game, but you still have to be impressed with the way that they have stepped up. And I mean, Dan Sorensen got a pick six (laughs) tonight and Ben Neiman is the guy who hit Teddy Bridgewater and affected the pass. And and made it, and then it was it was a nice play by Dan. Like the the ball came straight to him, so he didn't have to do any work on the interception. But then he stayed on his feet and wound up taking it to the house for a pick six. So that's something Dan's always been capable of doing, and those are some of the plays that have gotten him on the field over the last couple of years. I still think that he gets too much playing time personally, uh, but it worked out in your favor tonight. And it just seems like everything on the defense is clicking to the point where yes. Ben Neiman and Daniel Sorensen had a huge impact on this game. Yeah, it's. I, I know everyone wants to talk about the pass rush that's improved with Melvin Ingram and everything, but I, in my opinion, and it's continued today, and I think it's kind of strengthened the narrative that this this win streak has been all about the defensive back play, the secondary play of the Chiefs. 
Um, I was I was worried, honestly, tonight with Rashad Fenton not being able to play. He's been so good this year. Uh, you know, when they're in those nickel packages where they have Snead in the inside slot cornerback position, you know, you're vulnerable if you don't have a, a, a great, you know, a, a, a reasonable guy out there on the outside cornerback, uh, you know, and it's been Fenton and he's been so good, like I said. But, uh, you know, I, I think tonight we saw plays from Thornhill, you know, Thornhill playing that robber coverage where he's kind of reading the quarterback's eyes, just trying to make a play on the ball does it perfectly, you know, makes a, makes that interception. And then you mentioned the Sorensen play. Yeah, no, the secondary right now is just playing with a hot streak. You know, I feel like cornerback is all about confidence. It's all about, you know, the best cornerbacks. We all see it, you know, across the NFL, uh, you know, they play with the swagger. They're, they're, they're talking a bunch of crap, you know, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're just, they're confident. That's just how it, you have to be. You kind of have to be almost insanely confident at that position and, and everything is going against you at that position that you have to be able to just, you know, not think about any of the negative plays and just kind of be overconfident in yourself. And right now this cornerback group and safety group is being able to play like that because of how well they're playing, how, how the results have come. I mean, I know they kind of lucked out not having to play Amari Cooper, but during this five-game win streak, they've, they've shut down guys like Devontae Adams and, and CeeDee Lamb for a half. And, and obviously tonight a great – you know, this is one of the best receiving trios in the entire NFL, um, and they couldn't really get anything going, so – you know, hats off to the cornerback group. I, Traverius Ward still playing very well. Um, you know, I, I, he continues to impress. Shout out DeAndre Baker. You know, I think they started with Mike Hughes, but you saw Baker played down the stretch, I think, in the second half um, and kind of finished the game off as that cornerback three and made a, a few good plays. So, uh, you know, all that to say, this corner, this secondary, this entire secondary right now is just playing with such confidence, you know, playing with their, you know, kind of just intelligent smarts. And it's really paying off, and 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 there's no reason to see it kind of stopping right now. This, this cornerback group, this safety group, is playing really well. Uh, I'm actually I'm glad you brought up DeAndre Baker because I wanted to mention him because I was a little worried coming into this game without Rashad Fenton because yeah he's been so good. He has been one of their best corners since he started playing a significant role in the defense, and not having him in this game was like. Oh, Mike Hughes was kind of, was a, was an underrated part of how bad that defense was early in the season. So I was worried yes. coming into this football game. And so it was nice to see DeAndre Baker actually get some run because he's a guy that's just been inactive a lot this season. And it was nice to see him get some run and actually have some impact plays in the game. And yeah, Charvarius Ward, uh, since bouncing back from that injury like early on in the year, his played fantastic and we know what Legarius Sneed is and that secondary is legitimately good like I feel like we could definitively say that now where Tyron Matthew Juan Thornhill playing in the role that he's playing you know you're gonna sprinkle Dan in because that's what Spags does but with Rashad Fenton with Charvarius Ward with Legarius Sneed when all those guys are healthy you feel pretty confident in, in this secondary now and then if you actually get something out of DeAndre Baker and Mike Hughes while Rashad Fenton is hurt, that's great too. Um, but that you can't ask for much more than what the Chiefs secondary has done over the last several weeks. And it does help that the pass rush is finally making an impact. And man, Melvin Gordon is gonna want or Melvin Ingram is gonna mm -hmm. wind up going down as a, a, just a huge, huge addition to this team. Like if, if they do truly get back to where we want them to go, which is another Super Bowl, we're going to look back at that Melvin Ingram trade and, and say like, man, they, they got a deal there. They got, they got a steal in bringing in Melvin Ingram because 
He's getting a lot more snaps now. He's got a lot of juice, obviously, and it has made the whole defensive front look different. And, you know, Chris Jones was a little quiet tonight, had some impact plays, but not like the dominant play that we saw him uh, show up for against the Dallas Cowboys. But he's still Chris Jones. He's still going to have his massive monster games. Frank Clark, Jaron Reed are alive and, and actually making impact plays again. So, like, the defense as a whole, it, it, it's hard to find any reason to think that they can't keep this up. I still believe that, like, when you're playing truly playoff caliber opponents, like, we're going to see them struggle a little bit. Uh, you know, like, if you were to take on the New England Patriots, I, I think that the game plan the Broncos had tonight with Javante Williams is something you're going to see the Patriots do a lot of. And, they want to run the ball and they want to play defense too. So that's something that could be an issue like down the line when you're talking about playoffs or something like that. But I think you have to feel confident that this defense is at least some version of this moving forward. Maybe not quite as great as they've been over the last five, six games, but some version of this moving forward and not what we saw early in the year. Yeah. You know, I think the run defense has improved so much over the stretch of winning tonight. It did not, you know, it kind of felt more like the old run defense we all complain about where, you know, it just seems like it's six, seven yards every carry. You know, there's there's a bunch of, you know, yards after contact by the opposing running backs. And and that might you might just have to chalk it up to a, a an offensive line that's run blocking really well right now, kind of finding a groove. And obviously, Javante Williams, who is a budding star in this league, you know, I, a guy that I was not happy to see go to Denver. Um, but you know what What kind of erases some of that run defense stuff? As long as you can get into third down, this Chiefs third down defense has been one of the best in the NFL over the, the win streak. You know, you look at, you know, stuff like EPA per play um, and their number one, uh, you know, pass or not, maybe not number one, but one of the top, uh, you know, pass uh, drop back per EPA, you know, uh, one of the lowest uh, on third down over this last stretch. And that's what happened today, too. You know, the Broncos got a few third downs for sure. But overall, Denver only went four for 14 on third down. And we saw that. We all saw that incredible 20-play drive they, they did. I just think that that was a testament to this Chiefs situational defense that, you know, you can, you can try and, and you can continue to go for these third downs. Denver got a couple of those on that drive, you know, some fourth down conversions as well. But, you know, eventually, the way this defense is playing right now, the way Spags is dialing up third down and fourth downs right now, they're going to get that stop. And that's what happened on that play. It was a, you know, they tried to get Javante Williams on a on an inside run, and, and the defense stepped up. So right now, I think, and, and this has always been the case, you know, with this defense, with, with how the offense normally plays, but they just need to be situationally sound. And, and, you know, right now they're being, they're obviously playing way over their skis and everything. They're playing really well in every phase of the defense, you know, in a defensive game, but tip you know specifically they play really well situationally third down has been really good over the stretch and it continued today and it was a, a big reason why they were able to only you know ha allow nine points even though like we all saw you know Javante Williams was was tearing them up pretty good but when it came to third down the Chiefs still only allowed 414 that's 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 why this defense was still only allowing like I said three points through like you know midway through the fourth quarter that's that's an incredible you know another good game another great game we can't get out of here without talking about these chiefs linebackers too. We've spent so much time talking about the defense and you know, Willie Gay has made a huge difference. Like having an athletic linebacker that is actually good in pass coverage for the most part has made a big difference in having him back. And he almost, 
picked off Teddy Bridgewater tonight, just wasn't able to come up with it, but he read Teddy like from the snap and, and jumped the route and nearly picked it off. And then Anthony Hitchens had a hell of a block. Uh, it was flagged for a penalty, but <laughs> Hitchens looked good tonight. He had some impact plays throughout the night. He looked quick on his feet. He was, he was, he, I thought he was really reading Teddy Bridgewater well and reading the offense well. And then that block, like he just laid out a 300 something pound offensive line. <laughs> so it, it went up being a penalty, but it was still, it was an impressive play that a lot of people would debate about whether or not it should have been a penalty in the first place. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm loving what, what we're seeing from Willie Gay lately. You know, I, I, you're right. You know, I think Hitch looked pretty spry. Maybe it's just the bye week, but I, I did like the explosion and kind of the burst I saw from Hitch, even though, you know, one play he meets the running back in the backfield, can't wrap up the tackle, but you know, it's good to see him get there. But Willie Gay is the guy that just continues to stand out to me, just the way he moves on the football field, the way he gets into throwing lanes quickly, the quarterbacks don't expect him to get in there in there quickly this is the second week in a row. It looked like he almost had a pick six. Um, yeah, no, he's a playmaker. And and that's what this linebacker position for the Chiefs has, has been missing, you know, for a few years. And and that's why, you know, we talk about this defense being, you know, maybe the best in the Spagnolo era. Uh, you know, you compare it to the 2019 defense. Uh, that linebacker group, you know, was, was good enough to win a Super Bowl, obviously, but didn't have the playmakers like a Willie Gay or even a Nick Bolton, honestly. So, you know, that's where you can kind of see the ceiling of this defense maybe a little higher than it was when they, you know, it was good enough to win a championship in 2019. So there's reason to be excited about this linebacker core right now, for sure. So I think my final takeaway from this game, you know, your division leading Kansas City Chiefs, who through 13 weeks of the NFL season still find ways to frustrate you on a weekly basis and, uh, turn the football over in new and interesting ways. You know, this team can still be the absolute best team in the AFC. Like, it didn't look like that for a little bit, but everybody still had faith. Everybody still thought this team was too talented to struggle the way they were early in the year. And that's caught up to them a little bit now, where, okay, all of a sudden they're sitting atop the AFC again, where, They've got a legitimate chance here to go on a run and still get a buy, possibly, which seems absolutely crazy. But they got to figure out some things offensively. Like they're winning football games, and you want to be positive and happy about that because it's tough to do that in the NFL. But they still got problems. The problems are still there. They haven't fixed all of the problems. The problems just aren't hurting them quite as much as they were early in the season. And part of that has to do with the defensive turnaround. So, Final takeaway, I still think the Chiefs are the best team in the AFC probably once they figure things out offensively and that defense is going to be good enough to win them football games moving forward. I just have to see it against other like playoff caliber competition. Yeah, hey, they have everything in front of them in terms of they all they have two more a or three more AFC West games, um, you know, two more straight here in the next coming weeks, all AFC opponents to, to end the schedule. So all that to say is they're in the thick of things in the AFC and, and, you know, as long as they win, you know, they'll, they'll pretty much control their destiny unless obviously a team like the Patriots or, or you know, a team with the tiebreaker over the chiefs that has four losses as well wins out. Um, but you, you have to kind of assume that one of those teams is going to lose. And as long as the chiefs take care of business um, that, you know, they could be in a really good position, but 
you know, I, I, I just, I, I've always kind of, or I was thinking going into this or coming out of this bye week that the offense would be able to kind of get in a rhythm because they're playing familiar opponents. Well, maybe it's the defense that could kind of, you know, stay in this on this hot streak because they're playing teams like the Broncos, like the Chargers that they play. Obviously, you know, Spags has been here for a few years and has played them a few times. You know, maybe that kind of aids them and 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 allowing the offense to kind of play in cruise control and just get these wins because. You know, as much as we complain about, you know, some of the how the offense is playing at some points, all that matters is they get to January and then they turn it on. Then, you know, we don't know if they will or not right now, but, you know, we've seen them do it. So we can give them the benefit of the, the benefit of the doubt a little bit. Right. Yeah. All of that experience that they've acquired over the last few years is going to come up big in January. And hopefully we see them turn it on the way that we all assume that they can moving forward uh ron thank you so much for joining me on the arrowhead pride rapid reaction show really appreciate it uh it was a good time it's always a better time after a chief's win before we get out of here we do have to ask that you guys please subscribe rate and review everything that we're doing on the arrowhead pride podcast network five-star reviews only we're in the five-star business here if you're listening to us on the podcast make sure you stick around immediately following this show we will have all the post-game press conferences for you andy reed patrick mahomes and any other players that they put up at the podium i'm steven serta again for ron cop thank you guys so much for listening and out of structure tomorrow afternoon with ron cop and matt sagner so be on the lookout for that we'll talk to you guys soon After the Chiefs' big win over the Denver Broncos on Sunday Night Football, we heard from Chiefs head coach Andy Reid, as well as quarterback Patrick Mahomes, and a pair of safeties, Tyron Matthew and Daniel Sorensen. We'll go in that order, starting with Andy Reid, followed by Patrick Mahomes, then we'll end things with Tyron Matthew and Daniel Sorensen. Um, as far as the injuries go, really, uh, Chris Lamons is uh, the only one here in his left ankle, so... Um, and he's a tough kid, and he did it on the opening kickoff. He'll work his way back through that. Uh, the fans were incredible uh, today, tonight. Um, today, I mean, I got here relatively early in the morning, and that line was already starting for uh, 12 hours in advance. And uh, they're, they're, they're an amazing bunch, and we appreciate every bit of that. Um, listen, uh, defense, again, had a... Had a nice game here. I mean, it was beautiful to watch, and the pressure we put on the Teddy, and and then the way we were able to sustain uh, against the run game. Um, and uh, you know, they're a good, they're obviously a good football team. Vic Fangio is a heck of a football coach. Offensively, <clears throat> we did some good things, and then we had uh, probably too many drops and, and penalties in there. And listen, that's my responsibility. I'll, I'll, I'll get that straightened out. Um, the, the turnovers uh, on, from the defensive side, we ended up with nine points off of that. And so and it was good to see Dan. You know, Dan, a few weeks ago, I was sitting in here and um, everybody wanted him gone. And, um, and, and this is what's so great about this game. I mean, all of a sudden, uh, he's back and performing. His last two games have been beautiful things to watch there. Um, Bucker sets a record <clears throat> for the most uh, 50 uh, 50-yard field goals, um, and uh, my hat goes off to him. I got to work with him on the extra points, but the 50-yard field goals, he's up spot on. So we take care of that as we go here. But um, all in all, tough to win in this league. 
and uh, to have that opportunity against a good football team, uh, we feel we feel good about ourselves for for a minute here, and it's uh, until we get ourselves ready for uh, for the Raiders come Tuesday. So, anyways, with that, time's yours. <clears throat> Yeah, so, well, we, we righted it to win the game, so that was important, but we need to take care of some of these, um, you know, little things that, that are happening here that are killing drives. And, um, again, my responsibility to make sure that happens, and, um, you know, we'll, we'll do that. It looks like you get a first half. Yeah, so listen, we had an opportunity to put them up by two scores, put us up by two scores, and I, I thought that was important. Yeah. Is that the one I, I presume you're talking about when we kicked the field goal? No, at the end of the first half, when you just had, you had a minute to nine to go and two timeouts. Oh, yeah, time. yeah, yeah. I just, uh, that was a decision on my part, so I felt that was the right thing to do. Yeah, so, um, you know, we look at him as, he, as if he's a starter, but we rotate all those guys. So uh, it was good to get him in there and get him some extended snaps. And, you know, he, he played his tail off. So he did a nice job. I thought that whole front did a nice job. Yeah, they were moving and they had confetti or whatever it was hanging from them. I mean, it was kind of crazy, but um, off of the net there. So, um, but uh, I didn't, uh, that part I didn't, it moved the right way on the one. So I was good with that. <coughs> um, you know, and Buckers, he's got a strong leg. So, I mean, we trust him from the, those different depths. The wind was blowing in that direction. So we were good, good to go with the longer run there. Okay. Go ahead. Finish up. Finish up. Well, I was just going to ask you too about the, the drops that I say you got to take care of. It's like every week, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's. Uh, I, I don't think that. I don't think that's it. But um, I, I would tell you on the other hand, we got to look at all the way into the tuck. So we we got to make sure we do that. So um, and and take care of those tip balls become important uh, problems and and drops become a problem. So. Uh, and we'll keep working on it until we get it right. So if I'm saying it every week, we're going to keep working on it. And you used the term uh, beautiful to watch about the defense, and this has been kind of percolating for a while, but you have a different level of faith in the defense now, and, and going back to before, but how do you account for the really stark improvement? Yeah, I think health is one, one thing. Um, I, I think our front's playing well. It's a nice addition that. Uh, Brett Veach had with uh, Melvin Ingram, um, and, and the guys are, you know, they're, they're they're taking a lot of pride in what they're doing there, and they're they're healthy. So, knock on wood, we, it stays that way. But they're they sure are playing playing hard. Yeah, yeah. So he had a drop, and then he had a catch, and then he had a drop. Right, so, um, and then he came back and made one of the bigger plays in the game, and that's um, he, he's a consistent player. You're gonna have days like that when 
Things don't go absolutely right. And um, but you got to keep pushing through, and that, that's what he did. He's he's the epitome of that. He, he's going to work his tail off, and I mean you guys know him. So, he, but he's going to work his tail off till he gets it right. And he's not going to give up on himself. Yeah, um, I love it. I mean, I love the enthusiasm the guys have and the love they have for one another. That's important with a team. So. Sam, you, you referenced uh, the, the fact that people were here asking about sports and the official one. Don't throw it back at me, Sam. Well, uh, I was well, just making a statement. <laughs> <laughs> my question, though, is what, um, I guess, is it just the history of the plays you've been through in the past that you guys want to stick with a player like that? Yeah, well, he, he's a good player, and and so he, he has a role on that defense, and uh, everything's not going to go perfect. Um, we understand that. As long, you know, as long as you can still run the same way and, and uh, you know, somewhere age gets you, but some, if you can run the same way and um, you're seeing things right, then you kind of push through those things. You know, it's why, why Pat came back to Pringle, you know, and, and so... Uh, there's a certain trust that you build up with a player, known as knowledge and toughness and, and skill. Maybe a similar question about Sorensen. What told you that he was going to kept him around, that he was going to make some plays? Yeah, well, I mean, he's, he's wired that way. I and mean, that's why the guys all went crazy for him. So they know. They know what he went through. So uh, you just knew he'd power through it. And, and you know, you always hope that they come out on the other end. And, and so we, we trusted that. Yeah, sure. Guys hang their head, can hang their head um, if things aren't going right, especially if it's as big as that was, uh, you know, becoming. So, um, and he never, he didn't do that. He trusted himself. He trusted the coaches. He trusted the scheme and and the guys around him. And um, that's not always the case. We're, we have a good locker room here, and that. Uh, when we talk about that during training camp or they start going through these ups and downs during the season, uh, you need that. You, you, you know, you, you cherish uh, the guys that give others support. So. Over the last three, one, two, one. So you mentioned drop killer, Tyreek, another ball went through his hands. Uh, you know, E.D. was talking to him on the sideline. From what I saw, uh, what, what, what was your message to Tyreek? Yeah, just uh, let's go ahead and look at right into our hands and squeeze and we go, we go with it. The ball, you know, those balls are coming out of traffic, and you have a strong arm quarterback. So you got to, you got to really make sure that you you see it all the way into the tuck and into the hands and right into the tuck there. So, I kind of a follow up to, to that. When you're dealing with players of their caliber, like a Hill and a Kelsey, you know, who knows potentially Hall of Famers that type of thing. How do you weigh, like, okay, I know that. Yeah, so um, I I don't know. I've been doing it a long time, I guess. But I mean, I, I can normally tell if uh, with these guys. Now, those guys I have a lot of time with, so um, they're not trying to drop the ball. Um, but they also need to be reminded at times. So just as confident as you are in your hands, you've got to still do the fundamental things. And um, so we, yeah, I try to remind them. And keep as cool ahead on myself as I can when I'm doing it. I'm here to be a teacher, and so I try to try to teach and, and go about it that way. Andy, I know you talked about 
need to work on things week in, week out. But you won five in a row. What are some things that you've liked over this, this stretch here? Yeah, I love, I've loved the attitude. I've, I've loved uh, the defense. Uh, our defense has, I think, stepped up and, and really played well. So good, solid football. Um, they're attacking. It's a great tempo setter for everybody. Um, the offense has, has been doing enough to uh, grab a couple points and have some nice drives <clears throat> with room to improve. Uh, we all have room to improve. So, uh, and then special teams is also uh, up the, you know, up their game. So it's, it's they, they're doing well, and I, I I appreciate it. But most of all, the attitude. I watch these kids, these guys come out to practice and. Um, you know they're 100 miles an hour. You don't have to say anything to them. They, they, you know, they know what's at stake, and <clears throat> they they approach it that way. Um, but yet they enjoy being around each other. All right. Thank you. Yep. Thank you. A little bit frustrated there in the second half. You feeling some frustration with the offense at this point? I know you guys like to win, but you can't score. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we feel like we're not playing our best we have spurts where we're really good, and then we have spurts where we kind of have these, these – we're not scoring. We're not finding ways to finish drives. Um, so definitely as a competitor, you want to be better. Um, but I think you win football games, you win football games at the end of the day. And so uh, for us, uh, if we keep winning football games, defense keeps playing the way that they're playing. When the offense, we, we really become who we know we can be, uh, we'll be a hard football team to beat. Yeah, I mean, we just didn't. I mean, it's, I, I say it every week. We just didn't execute at certain positions. There was throws I didn't make. Um, uh, there, there was plays that didn't get made, and then there was penalties at inopportune times. So, I mean, it, it was. We had stuff there. We had plays that were open. Um, we, we, we thought we did a good job of getting stuff going, and then we just didn't finish drives. Yeah, I mean, um, for me, all I can do is place, have better ball placement. I mean, on some of those, I mean, they're like the one that Tyree a little, little high and hard. So, I mean, just trying to find ways to, to make it easier on them. Um, these guys make plays. I mean, I'm going to keep throwing the football to them. They're going to they're gonna go out there and, and make plays happen. And uh, if it happens, it happens. We'll move on to the next play. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I was trying to throw it harder, but it definitely makes the, the football move a little bit. So, I mean, it, it's um, – I mean, there was the one throw maybe to Tyreek where I had a little pressure on my face if I could somehow get it out there. Um, that, that could have been uh, the one deep down the, uh, the middle at the second quarter, I believe. So, I mean, just, just stuff like that. But, I mean, you can't – I mean, we're in Kansas City. I was in Lubbock before that. So, I'm used to some wins. So, um, just kind of going out there and, and just try to execute the best you can. Yeah, I mean, we didn't have anything like that. I mean, we just called plays. Um, we had some open receivers. They kind of they played the, the shell over the top, so there, there wasn't a lot of man to man situations. And um, there was just we just didn't we had drives going. We just didn't execute it long enough to, to make uh, to score enough touchdowns that we wanted to. Yeah, I mean, I still don't know why I got called for the false start. 
So uh, I'll try to figure out that and try not to do that again. I, th- I thought it was pretty common of what I usually do on hard counts. Um, but uh, he called it, so you got to try to not do it again. Um, and then just, um, I mean, we, we, we kind of got put in a situation where we were trying to get in field range, get our field goal, and we didn't get, get there. So, I mean, it was just uh, um, uh, not ex- executing the way we wanted to. We, we drove it a little bit, and then kind of like the rest of the game, we didn't find a way to put points on the board. Yeah, for sure. I think I'm doing a great job of just getting better and better feel for the offensive line. I mean, those guys are blocking their tail off. They're doing a great job there. I thought they did a great job today. Um, but, uh, I mean, I'm just going to continue to get better and better, but still not lose the scrambling ability that you saw a little bit in the second half. Um, so it's uh, it's kind of the the give and take. You want to you know, stay in the pocket, make the throws, but whenever there's chances to make some big plays happen, try to go out and do that as well. How long did it feel like you were waiting for that opportunity to tiptoe and, and score the rushing touchdown? Yeah, no, I haven't had a rush touchdown, I think, since the week one. So it's been, it's been a while. So uh, it's... Uh, it, the, it worked out where they were kind of in like a zone that matched like man in the middle there, and we had crossing routes going. And yeah, I think it was, I believe it was D. Rob had a good block on the, the guy out there in the end zone, and I was able to get in, get get it across the pylon. Yeah, I mean it's. I mean, we know, I think they know from me and, and, and from all of us, and they, they it's the same towards me as well, is that we, they just have to be themselves. It's, there's nothing, they have to do extra. We have, they have the talent, they, they have the, the playmaking ability to just continue to go out there and be themselves. And I think, uh, I, think I mean, kind of like I said, I think we'll continue to get better and better. Um, we're still winning football games. Don't, we don't want to get lost in that. We're winning a lot of football games, and we're winning by pretty big margins. Um, but uh, we expect greatness from each other, and so uh, we want to continue to get better as an offense, and uh, the defense continue to get better, and hopefully create a great football team. Oh, that's my question. This is last six seasons. This is the first time you guys have won a game for both Travis and Tyree go for fewer than fifty yards each. How important is it that you know you can have guys like Clyde and Gerald that have big games like this when the games when maybe the rest of the guys are not? Yeah, I mean it. You figure when you get to hopefully the playoffs and, and kind of make it try to run at this thing, guys are going to try to take away those two guys. And we'll do our best job of still trying to get them open, scheming them open different ways. Um, but guys, other guys are going to step up. And uh, this week it was running backs out of the backfield. Next week it might be other receivers. It might be different tight ends. Um, and I, I think we have the guys to do it. We just got to continue to go out there and do it. Last two. Yeah, I think I've I've learned kind of as my career has gone on that you can't get caught up in like the hype and like the show uh, of playing. I've been in a lot of football games where we scored a lot of points and lost. And I, I promise you, when you when you win football games like this, it feels a lot better. Um, and so I, I think I, I don't know if that's just kind of with experience, um, but I kind of preach that to these guys when they were kind of running the ball and trying to wait, really grind the clock through. I said, don't let that affect how we play. Let's continue to just execute and go out there and get put points on the board because our defense is our defense is playing the way that they're playing. Um, and so you have to learn how to manage games. You have to learn how to win football games whenever it's not pretty. And I think we've done a great job of that this season. Last one, Adam. Uh, Dan Sorensen obviously plays on the other side of the ball, but do you have any advice or encouragement for him earlier in the year when things don't go well? 
Yeah, I mean, I will. I, he was. De- I mean, he definitely took some, but I mean, it was. I mean, he he makes plays happen. I mean, if you if you if you looked at his entire career, he, whenever there's a big moment in the football game, it seems like he's around the ball making something happen. Um, and I actually I actually told the QB room, I was like, man, it seems like every division game he gets a he gets a pick six. And so uh, I would like to say I called it. So whenever he comes up here, make sure you tell him that. All right. I mean, you probably could say that. Um, I think anytime you, um, you know, you have shortcomings or you go through adversity, um, you, you kind of tune out what's going on outside of you and just start to believe, you know, in your teammates and your coaches a little bit more. Um, you know, maybe you could credit that to that, but um, we're just trying to play our best ball, uh, knowing that, you know, we're in December um, and this one games, uh, this one, it really counts. I mean, listen, you could probably say all that. Um, I think at the end of the day, we, I think, you know, mostly it's just been a commitment to each other, just believing in each other, not letting outside noise, you know, kind of dictate the way we feel, um, dictate the way we approach this thing. Um, so, yeah, I'll just probably say it's just been a, a, a total team effort just to stay committed, you know, to, to each other. Yeah, I mean, listen, man, I, I, you know, I think everybody in our locker room would, would, would really have probably wanted to um, start the season much better. It didn't go that way. Um, so, but we can't necessarily worry about that. It's all about uh, moving forward. Um, and then, like I said, staying committed to team. Well, yeah, I mean, he take a lot of heat, man. You know, um, so it's, it's good to see him make big plays, um, you know, uh, like, like I know, like our teammates know, um, you know, we rely on him to do a lot. Um, and, to, and I mean, in our eyes, he's a special player, you know, a very smart player, a player that can really do a lot of different things. And um, so it, it's good to see him kind of have some success, you know, under the bright lights. How was he able to kind of fight through what, what he was going through there and kind of come out the other side? Maybe? I mean, Dan, Dan's a team player. You know, like I said, it's all about team. And I think if you could really – Focus on team. Um, you know, you could kind of get through some of the the rough patches, uh, which we all go through as players. Um, uh, but uh, like I say, he's probably he's an ultimate professional. You know, um, nothing has changed about him. Um, he still does the same thing. You know, each and every day as far as routine. Um, so, uh, like I say, he's somebody we really count on. Yeah, I mean, you know, we got a lot of good guys in our locker room. Um, we got a lot of leaders. It's not just me, you know, or Hitch. Um, we got a lot of guys that, that really want to become, you know, that, you know. Um, so, and they want that respect, you know, from Spag. So, um, you know, I could really just attribute it to everybody just staying together, staying committed, um, you know. And then the ball have to bounce away, you know, every once in a while. And we've been kind of getting that. Um, so, um, but it's good to get a win in the division. All right, <clears throat> I mean, that's defense, though. You know, it's all about kind of weathering the storm sometimes, um, you know, dealing with sudden changes, uh, just being able to handle, you know, all those different things. At the end of that 20, <coughs> uh, two fourth downs on the drive. What's it like in today's game? <coughs> you know that you have to deal with fourth downs. It used to be you get 
I mean, teams teams still respect our offense, you know, so they don't necessarily want to give those guys another chance to, you know, to score a touchdown. So we know every time we get in these games, no matter really what the opponent is, uh, we know it could be four down territory. Can you take us through the, the Sorenton interception, <coughs> your view of the play, how you saw the thing happen from your perspective on the field? Oh, yeah. I mean, we was in an all-out blitz, um, and uh, Dan had the running back. I guess the running back blocked. Uh, Dan does what you know any smart player would do. He just found some work, you know, and the ball came to him, and uh, you know the rest is history. Uh, you tweeted a photo, I think, it was Super Bowl week of Dan. People just maybe not understand how much work. I think people forget how hard this game is sometimes. Like, you know, you're dealing with the best athletes in the whole world. You know what I mean? And um, but you know, like I said, man, to see him just kind of weather all that, uh, stay committed to his team. He never changed. Um, I think that says a lot about him. Every now and then, uh, you, you know what I mean? Like, you, you, you kind of use things as, as bulletin board, really material. But for the most part, this is all about the guys in the room trying to believe in each other. Um, and just trying, I, don't, I still don't think we played our best game yet. Um, so hopefully that game is, you know, the Super Bowl. I don't know, but <laughs> you know, uh, we're just trying to keep going, man. We're trying to continue to push, and you know, obviously, um, you know, this is a big, big stretch for us. You know, we're dealing with all AFC teams to kind of close the season out. So um, it'll be important for us to kind of win all these games and, and put ourselves in a position where, you know, our fans can really, you know, show that show that impact, you know, in the postseason. I mean, well, I think for one, we realize, you know, nobody's really coming to save us and we got to figure it out. And then I think, you know, another part is just committed, committed to team. You know, it's all about team. It's team first, team second, and team last. And, you know, like I said, if you could keep that in perspective and find something to get better at, you know, at the end of the day, you'll be able to help your team, you know, when it really matters the most. All right, thank you. Hey, guys. Uh, hopefully good. I don't sleep well after the games. Yeah, take us through the play that you're in Yeah, um, I saw one of our linebackers blitz in the back pick him up, and, and so I was able to free up, and he, uh, Ben Neiman, got a hand on the ball and, and tipped it and fell right in my lap. You got all the way down the field, though. You had a little celebration at the end. You sent some emotion coming out there. Yeah, definitely. Patrick Holmes is just you said that uh, you control the quarterback and that every time there's a division game, you always seem to have a pick six. When you have a game like tonight, uh, and given how the season has started for you and to bring right now, how gratifying is this performance for you? You know, I, I don't, I'm not, I, I'm more focused on how we played as a defense, how we played as a team. I think that's more satisfying than anything. Um, you know, Juan was able to get another uh, turnover. Um, we had a big turnover on special teams, Byron forcing uh, that fumble and recovering it. We had a big fourth and two stop in the red zone after the long drive. I mean, th those those things are are important. You know, if you get a pick six and lose, and that, and, you know, it doesn't feel good. It's it's good when you can play uh, team complementary football, and I think we did that tonight. All three phases, you know, working together and and coming up with a big win. 
as the season progressed, were there things that you sort of changed or, or, or wanted to change in terms of the game Sunday, or did you try to stay consistent given your success in the previous year? You know, I, uh, yeah, I just I show up every day to work, try and do my job, do my part. Um, and continue to grind away. Sometimes, um, you know, things go your way. Sometimes they don't. Um, that's that's the psychology of sports, right? You, you have highs and lows, and, and you gotta be able to stay consistent uh, through both, right? Um, you don't let the highs affect you, and you don't let the lows affect you. You continue to to you know put in the work that's got you to where you're at. And um, you know, I think that goes for anybody. You know, if you, if I was to be giving advice to my son, or if you're giving advice to your son or your kids, right? You'd probably tell them the same thing. There's going to be highs and lows in sports, and and you kind of you got to fight through uh, both of them. And uh, I think that's where we're at as a team. You know, we've had highs and lows as a team throughout the throughout the season, um, and you got to stay consistent through both. You know, I think we're trending in the right direction, but again, you can't let that affect how you approach this next week, right? Um, and so, I think that's uh, you know, coaches do a great job of keeping us level-headed and and focused on. Um, what we need to do to continue to progress, to continue to to have, see the success that we've been having, and anyways, yeah. I, I, I asked Tyron this a little bit, but with this coaching staff, you see you guys have gotten better each year as the season progresses. In your opinion, why has that happened each time, and what is it about the relationship between the players and the coaches that allow this improvement to happen? Yeah, the the coaches do uh, an unbelievable job of understanding. Um, the personnel that we have on defense and then making adjustments. Um, and we have a lot of guys that are able to, to play multiple roles. We have a lot of depth, as you can see. Um, you know, the D-line subbing in and out, linebackers stepping in and out. Um, a lot of different guys contributing on defense. And that allows people to play fresh, uh, play fast, and when they get in there. Um, and um, take some, some plays off some of the other guys. Um, but um, yeah, I, I think, um, you know, there's a lot of guys that are playing really, really well. And um, the coaching staff have the ability of putting guys in the right place uh, so that they can succeed. And, and I think uh, it's just about fine-tuning, right, and, and kind of finding the right um, chemistry that works. And, and the coaches, they're the, the best at, at doing that. And, and again, yeah, we've been here before, um, you know, in years past where we've had to kind of fight back. and. And I think we we uh, we play well when when uh, the backs uh, when we're backs against the wall, you know, and when other people doubt us. So. Dave, you mentioned not getting too not getting too low. Obviously, there was a moment this season where you lost your starting job. But is it is easy? Is there making a sound not not to get low on that, or, or what are some difficult moments for Yeah, sure. There are there are difficult moments, um, but again. Um, you know, I think it's it's more mental than anything, right? You have the physical abilities, um, but uh, it, it's the the mind that that, that um, if you can control that and then allow your your body to kind of go through the routines and go through the the movements and um, practice day in and day out, continue to keep your body healthy, continue to practice hard, and have the um, the confidence that that the work that you put in is going to eventually pay off. And there was a lot of criticism from fans and media of your play earlier. How much of that noise did you hear, and how do you how did you react to that? How do you fight through that? Yeah, uh, I'll I'll be frank. I'll tell you this: I, absolutely zero. I didn't read a single article. I won't read an article from tonight either. I don't care what people say, good or bad. Um, I don't get on social media. I don't read articles. Um, I don't care, frankly. The only people that I care about are 
uh, the people that, that, that are in that locker room, coaches and players. Um, and, you know, we, we, uh, we're a family. We stick together, and uh, we, we have each other's backs. So good or bad, I could, I could care less. I, I'm more focused on um, the next task. Yeah, you had obviously the, the pick six on the tournament. What I liked what I saw was the two-point conversion that you did. Um, yeah, uh, it's it's something that, that we uh, routinely practice. It's a, kind of a, a common play down there, kind of a rub pick route, and um, it was commun- communication between me and the corner, making sure we knew um, who had who, and uh, making sure that that um, you know we played it well. Um, DeAndre Baker was able to to be tight, firm pressed on his wide receiver, that allowed me to get over the top, and so that that was big. Um, in helping me be able to be in that, that spot. No, it just came out, you know. It just, just happened. We good? All right, thanks, guys. Thank you. Sorry. All right, guys, we'll uh, see you on the soon. We'll see you tomorrow.